Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Hi, welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. That's it. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you when you listen to the interviews that I uh, bring on my show, Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges, really, and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you that you know nothing about. So if you're always sitting around worried about the little things, the big things will really, really be the things that you have not prepared to deliver or overcome. And we're all going to have over uh, moments of where we have to overcome something that we didn't prepare for. So Money Making Conversations is about that. My next guest, Ranisha Howerton, wears several hats in the entrepreneur lifestyle space. She currently serves as owner and CEO of Credit Medics, LLC. She's co-founder of Go Get Crown nonprofit organization for women empowerment and co-owner of Get Well Urgent Care Medical Facility. Coming from a poverty-stricken neighborhood and having escaped the statistics, Howerton has found her purpose and passion, which is encouraging others and helping them to reach their fullest potential and cheering them on to the finish line. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Ronisha Howerton. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, you know, uh, when I when I hear the word, thank you for coming on the show, Money Making Conversation. Uh, I appreciate all guests who take the time to deliver nuggets, uh, inspirational information or uh, uh, define information that you can uh, use to make themselves successful. Because I have women dominate my listenership by 60 percent of my audience, women, 80 uh, percent uh, of my audience is under the age of 44. And so that means that they have an entrepreneurial mindset. And they wanted they wanted information that will help them win. Why did you? Uh, yeah. I, I mentioned three organizations in your credit. Let's start out with Credit Medics in the in the middle of pandemic and financial. Uh, the average person's financial situation is in disarray. Does Credit Medics help them, or, or can be a, a, a role to play to try to get them through this uh, these difficult times? Well, absolutely. Before the pandemic, we have we have really changed thousands and thousands 
of our clients' lives just by just educating them on financial literacy. You'll be surprised. You know, I come from, you know, a urban community and you'd be surprised how many of us are never taught about credit. America is ran on credit. And at these times, you, you literally can use credit to survive. You know, if you got laid off, if, you know, they cut back on your hours, there are lines of credit that you would have access to. If you were able to qualify for these lines of credit, you could use these lines of credit to survive until your income picks back up. And the banks have given me personally on my, on my personal line, I have $25,000. Um, as the max on my line personally, and I have a few of those. So if I was to fall on hard times, that could carry me until I could figure it out, until I create could create another streamline of income, or just to be able to survive. So credit is super duper important to be able to leverage, to be able to leverage, not just even during these times, you know, to be able to leverage to create generational wealth for you and your children. So it's very important. And Credimedics has assisted thousands and thousands of clients. I'm talking about home ownership. I'm talking about personal credit. I'm talking about business credit. I'm talking about establishing new businesses. I'm talking about expansion, all of that. We know. Uh, thank you for the energy and thank you for the points um, about credit and about your credit score. When did credit, when did that, when I, in your bio, can you, when I, when I, when I read the statement, poverty stricken neighborhood, what is that, uh, what is that type of environment and how long did you live in that and how did that motivate you to what, who you are today? That coming in, being raised in that type of environment. So honestly, when I say poverty stricken, I was raised in what we would call the hood. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of inner city urban communities are, you know, called the hood. We're living in poverty, very low income, you know, lack of education. Right. A lot of the things that I have seen, I should not have seen as a child, but I never used that as a crutch. I never used that as um, a source of discouragement for me. I used that as encouragement for me. I used that as an example of I did not want to be like that. And I knew as a child, um, the fortunate part of my childhood was I was able to travel a lot. And my my dad, who raised me, because I was raised in a single parent household, and usually you hear, you know, the mother was a single mom, but it, it was my dad. Right. And we didn't have a lot of money, but my dad saw the importance of connecting us with people who could offer resources that he could not. So we traveled a lot. And me being able to travel outside of that environment, I was able to see that, hey, life is bigger than this. Life is bigger than living in poverty and being content with being poor and not being able to have access to resources and not being able to live a great life. Growing up, excuse my French, I saw a lot of rich white people on TV. But when I began to travel, I saw that white people weren't the only people that were able to be successful. Black people could be too. So that for me was an eye opener. And that for me challenged me to think bigger. You know, um, it, uh, first of all, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Uh, it's about getting out and seeing a bigger world, because when you read reports and I I've been able to do a lot of social work and a lot of uh, environmental. My minor is in sociology and uh, a lot of black people within the inner city. I grew up in inner city, Fifth Ward, which is Houston, Texas. So I know exactly when you say the hood. I was born and raised in the hood, Fifth Ward. And so right. and so. Uh, the average black person who lives in the environment don't really get out of that environment. In fact, they they live, they and, and they work 
or if they want to call it work and they can die in that community and never know there's a downtown, never know there are other layers of life outside. There are movie theaters they can go to, there are restaurants they can they can participate in or fine dining and all these things because of the fact they've never been exposed to that. And I really I really like when you said that because a lot of people, they take that for granted who have been exposed. They think that's normal. Right. And it's not normal right. in the inner city. It's not normal at all. Right. That exposure is so important, you know, because you're only going to go as far as you think you can go or see yourself going. So when you see other people, that's why a lot of people, you know, speak down about social media. But one of the things I like about it is it gives us gives us a lot of access to see a lot of young black people winning. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's believable. And it's believable. So if you look like me and and I look like you and you're saying, hey, I came from the hood and I see you doing really well, you're running your success black owned business and you're you live in a beautiful home and your children you're raising your children you know more with moral moral values and you know to be good upstanding citizens and i see you driving nice cars and you're traveling the world that will be inspiring to me and most importantly it would make me realize that i can obtain that too and that is so true. I always tell people I love having ind- individuals like you who talk about credit and i tell people now when i was 18 years old uh, Ms. Howerton, for some reason, I understood I had to have good credit. I was I, I wanted to protect my credit. I wanted credit. When somebody told me the credit establishes you know, a better life for you, I knew that, OK, I'm going to get good credit. I got uh, I got my my, my they're, they're closed. Now I have my Montgomery Ward card back then, my Sears card back uh-huh, then. Uh-huh, then I uh-huh. finally upgraded and got my, my American Express green card. You know? American Express. That's a, that a big deal. That's a big deal. I would tell you this. I would tell you this. That Sears card back in the day was bigger than the American Express back in the day. Cause you got your Are Sears you card. Woo! You were the you were the ball right there. So when I got that Sears card, I knew my credit was heading in the right direction. What age were you when you realized the importance of credit? You you want to hear something funny? Mm-hmm. So I told you I was raised by my dad. Right. My mm-hmm. dad was horrible with bills. Right. Horrible. I remember coming home, electric cut off. I'm like, Dad, wait a minute. I flicked the switch. Now we ain't got no electric up in here. Mm-hmm. But it was because he just wasn't, um, he wasn't conscious of just making payments on time. Mm-hmm. And it was sometimes we didn't have it. <laughs> and, you know, he did what he had to do to make it work. But then it was times when he did have it and he just would forget. So I didn't learn that from my dad. I remember when I turned 18 and a lot of, we were graduating high school and a lot of my friends were going to get store cards because they were so easy to get. So they were getting like structure and gap and um, express and all these cards. And I remember us going shopping and them just, you know, maxing the card out. And I would be very, very, very conscious. Like, oh no, I don't want to get too much because I don't want to, I don't want to not be able to afford the payments. So I was already thinking like that. I don't know where it came from, but I was already responsible with my finances at 18. So now when my friends, those accounts went into collection status, I continued to build and I continued to build. And at the age of 21, my dad gifted me a duplex. So I had a duplex at 21 where I lived in one unit and then I I rented the other unit out. And then when I moved from there, 
both units were rented out and it became a source of income for me. But I always looked at finances and money and credit differently. And it wasn't even, I guess it just was self-taught. It was just natural for me. Yeah. But it was so important to get that at that age. It really was. I'm talking to uh, Ranisha Howerton. She's the owner and founder of Credit Medics uh, LLC, which is a leading national credit and business counsel- consulting firm located in Philadelphia, PA. This is one of well, two companies, three companies I'm going to talk to her about. But I wanted to expound on this because we, like she said, she was doing this before the pandemic. And it wasn't something that she just started last week. And she's been changing lives and improving credit scores and making people understand the value of credit and why credit is so important to you. But we are in the middle of a pandemic and people's credit scores are being damaged. And like you said, your dad, he didn't understand the value of what that meant to his credit score. But it didn't stop him from being successful. It made it just a little bit more harder. How serious should you take your credit scores? You should take your credit scores very serious. Any um, credit or any line of credit that you are trying to apply for to get an approval, they are going to review your credit scores. They're going to inquire about you, which is what we call an inquiry. So anytime you apply for a line of credit, Whatever that, whoever that creditor is, they are going to inquire about you. What you need to understand in its simplest form is your credit scores and your credit report is your financial portfolio. Mm-hmm. So that is either going to tell a creditor, the creditor one, that you are credit worthy and trustworthy enough for me to go ahead and lend you this credit based off of your existing payment history. So if you already have debt, and what, what do we call debt? Your car note. Okay, if you have a car note, if you have student loan debt, if you have a mortgage, um, if you have personal loans, whatever the case may be, if you have credit cards, if you are currently late on your existing debt and a creditor goes to pull your credit and they see that, why would they want to lend you new debt? They will not. So it's so important because that's going to determine if you get approved or not based off of your existing payment history. And the other thing would be your credit utilization, which pertains to revolving credit. So, you know, you mentioned early Sears, Sears card. So Mm -hmm. Sears card would would be considered as a revolving credit card. It's a Mm -hmm. retail card. Mm -hmm. Goldendales, Macy's, Walmart, Target, those are considered as revolving retail store cards. And then you have your major credit cards, American Express, MasterCard, Visa Discover, which is another form of revolving credit. You don't want to have large balances on these credit cards. You should only be using 30% at max of your credit limit. That's true. When you exceed that 30%, you're going to see a drastic decline in your scores. So that's another thing that lenders look at to determine if they feel like they can trust you. So just imagine if you have a friend. Okay, or let's say Rashawn. I said that correctly? Rashawn. 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 Rashawn, if you lent me money, right? You say, okay, I come to you. I say, Rashawn, can I borrow, you know, $100 until next month and I'm going to pay you back? And you say, you know what, Ranisha, sure, I'm going to give it to you. So then I borrow the money from you and next month comes, you don't hear from me, right? Right. So then another month goes by, you don't hear from me. Mm-hmm. So now you start to get worried. You say, listen, I don't gave Ramisha money off a of good faith, <laughs> and she's supposed, to, she's supposed to give me my money back. So now our friend Sean, who is also, you know, a mutual friend, I go to him and I say, Sean, can I borrow $100 till next month? And Sean is like, you know what? I remember Rashawn telling me that Ranisha borrowed money. Let me go ask him. And Sean comes to ask you, hey, Ranisha, I'm going to pay you money. You say, man, don't you lend Ranisha no money. I've been waiting three months. I ain't got a dime yet. So that's the same way that a lender looks at your payment 
habits and your utilization habits to determine if they're more likely to get paid back or less likely. Well, you know, so I, lo- I love it because that is straight street talk right there. That's street talk one on one. That's street talk one on one right there. You know, you know, oh, and, oh, and don't, and don't yeah, show up yeah. and don't show up. And yeah. Ronisha got some new shoes on. Don't show up. Oh, and she over there. You gonna be? She over there at a fire. She in a fire restaurant. She in a fire restaurant eating some seafood. Eating some seafood and owe me money. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what i got some shrimp on your plate. You know, a pile yes. of shrimp and you owe me a hundred dollars. Don't do that to me. Yes. Because I, I love be that you were, I would love that you were natural. That's why you're so successful because sometimes you got to talk to people in a natural form so they can understand. And what then you have to speak their language. And that's what I do. I speak the language of my people. Yes. And break it down as simple as I can. Well, okay. Now, they our, now, now, right now, our people—they're struggling in, during this pandemic, and you know the right. credit scores are being damaged. And we, we all know when you hear that word thirty percent, and sometimes I suggest people take a cash advance and use part of that cash advance to make your minimum monthly payments, so your credit score won't, won't go mess, messed up. Because I tell people, put yourself on automatic payment on the minimum amount. Okay. Yeah. And that way you use part of that advance that you took, set it aside so you can make those minimum month payments during this pandemic run. That way your credit scores, like you, you, I 100% agree with you. You cannot allow your credit score to get damaged. It get damaged. You just, you just defaulted into a worse situation for yourself. But how can these people survive? And when I say there's people of color, minorities, you know, people who are already struggling and, you know, the, first of all, they gave us the $1,200 stimulus check and then they gave us a $600 weekly check that ended July 31st and now they they told us that the CDC can sus- suspend evictions but then at the end of the year you owe that money for the rent you didn't pay. How can we get around So now imagine that. You know, imagine uh, getting caught up after you already behind. Right. And you don't have no income. Now right. how crazy is that? And but you know I, I agree with what you said. You know that cash advance but once again that goes back to see here's the thing. I tell people to already be prepared. One of the things that I have been blessed and fortunate to do is to always stay prepared financially. Because even when things are good, I still don't go crazy. I have I have very great discipline with my finances. So although I would be, you know, what you would call I'm successful and I have money, I still don't spend like I have money. I don't. And I'm realizing that as I begin to hang around people who are who have their finances, their finances are stable, I'm realizing that a lot of them don't make unnecessary purchases. So you have to be prepared. But now we're in a situation. So a lot of people, and I know some of my associates, they have taken that $1,200 and just blew it. They have taken the unemployment checks. And I've known, I know people who have gotten $10,000 and $20,000. And I'm like, you got that much? I'm like, what are you going to do with it? And it's gone already. Yes. But that could have helped them over just by making the minimum payment. It will hold you over so that you won't have any late payments reporting that will decline your score. Your scores will drop anywhere between 30 to 70 points from one late payment. Wow. And um, yeah. tell the, can you tell them how those though how those rep- those scores are reported? Uh, not trying to complicate the conversation, but people need to know that you know electronically in that world, then people track you. 
They track you and they track your buying habits. It always amazes me, Ronisha, when I put my credit card in and I mean like seconds, not even seconds later, it says approved. That that, that, that yeah. even today that boggles me, God. That the amount of computer force that's tied to that is incredible. That because I know at the same sim- simultaneously, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people are pushing their card in that same type of machine, a uh, card card mm-hmm. reader, and simultaneously, and it's hitting the word approved immediately or rejection depending because on where you're at. It's data. All it is is data, and it's and it's like you said, it's tracking. They're tracking. Your payments, they're tracking your utilization, they're tracking even down to where you live at. You know, anytime you put on an application, I don't know if people are aware of when you pull your credit, every address that you have lived at that you use to apply for something shows up on your credit report. So it's definitely a tracking system. But the credit bureaus are nothing but data companies, a billion dollar industry. They get paid to collect data, right? to report your behalf, to then sell to the bigger banks and financial institutions. That's all it is. Now, one of your favorite, uh, uh, I could say, nonprofits that you are tied to or associated with or created is called uh, Go Get Crowned. Tell us about why you start that. Now, now I have my points about So, uh, actually, actually, it's queening now. I changed it to queening. Okay. Um, and I do a, I do a mentorship program mm-hmm. for young girls between the it's ages called of queening. 14 it's and called 21. queening, right? Q-U-E-E-I-N-G, right? Q-U-E-E-N-I-N-G. Yes. And I also wrote a book called Queening on Amazon. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So, so Queening is a nonprofit organization for young black women. Okay. From the ages of 14 to 21. And it's basically me giving them all of the life skills that I have acquired over the years. I'm talking about, you know, teaching them how to See money as a tool and not as just this tangible thing to just spend, 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 spend. Teaching them how to invest. I'm also a real estate investor and I have several female friends that are real estate investors. I bring them in to talk to my girls so that they can see other young black successful women or minority women who, because we have some Latinos also, who look like them and come from communities where they come from so they can see the example. I also bring in my other entrepreneur friends from different industries. So some of my girls in the start of the program will ask them, you know, what interests you? Do you have an idea of where you want your life to go or where you seeing yourself, where you see yourself in the next five, 10, 15 years? So whatever that industry is that they choose, I try to get somebody to come in from that industry to um, talk about their experience, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and then also ask them if they would mind mentoring my girls based off of the industry that they choose. Cause I feel that that's super important too, to have a mentor. Um, a lot of things could be prevented, a lot of trial and error. If you have a mentor who can help you and assist you that you have access to along your journey, I feel like that's very important. So we teach home ownership. We talk about, you know, self-esteem. We talk about African culture and the beauty of being African and celebrating our features and celebrating our culture. We talk about money management. We talk about investing. We talk about all different types of life things that could actually enrich in, you know, their lives. I'm telling you, Ronisha, you're one of my favorite people. I'm going to tell you, you know, we, you know, you know, we didn't connect originally on our original uh, set time. I went, maybe she don't want to talk to me. Maybe, 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 maybe she don't want to talk to Rashad McDonald, money makers. No, no, no. You got it going on. Queenie. 
come on now. You know, I'm talking about Nisha Howerton. Okay, we've already talked about, you know, one of the business, which is a CEO. She's a CEO, founder of Credit Medics. Now, the nonprofit, which is mentoring. The reason I say you're one of my favorite people, because that's why I established Money Making Conversation for mentoring. Because I can't mentor a lot of people. People always approaching me. So I just said, I'll mentor you by providing you with free information because that's what happens. You can upload. I upload these interviews on my YouTube channel for free. Upload on my website for free. All people have to do is just search and you can you can hear an incredible person like you telling them why they have to protect their credit. Tell them how they can protect themselves. And also the other side of the table, they can find out about you and go to you and take advantage of your services, take advantage of what you're trying, how you're trying to change lives with this mentorship program and let people know the empowerment of looking in the mirror and recognizing that that face that they see, that color that they see can be successful, is beautiful, is worth standing strong. Don't let the negative pull you down. And that's what you were saying with the Queening program, correct? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And I love the interaction with these these young women. Mm-hmm. And then so it's so it's so crazy because the mentorship that I did um three years ago, my the girls in that class, two of them I have hired and they work for me. And just to see the progress and the confidence and the self esteem by itself touches my heart. It touches my heart. And just to have them up under me, one of my one of my mentees um, came to me. She said, Miss Nish, I'm ready to buy a duplex. I said, whatever I got to do to make it happen for you, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So that's inspiring. <laughs> to think. And, you know, she could say, hey, Miss Nish, I want to go buy a Chanel bag. But mm-hmm. she said, Miss Nish, mm-hmm. I want to get a duplex. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's touching to me. Yeah, I see and you. I see you online here with your, putting, that, putting that crown on your head, you know, you got your little black eye. I'm, I'm checking you out, you know, Miss Credit Medics, you know. You're looking good, that girl, the Queen Inn. I like that new title, you know, Queen Inn. But, but before we wrap queen up, uh, Queen Inn, uh, I want to talk about the Get Well Urgent Care, which is like a medical facility. Is that are you, is that part of the franchises or is this an individual location that you are? So part? actually, that was just. That was just an investment that came um, that came up. Somebody asked me, "Did would I be interested in investing in an urgent care clinic?" And at the time, I didn't know anything about it. Right, I honestly did not. Mm-hmm. I started to do my own research, and of course, with any type of investment, it's risky. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I always tell people, don't you know invest money that you're expecting to get back. It's really a risk. Rather, I mean, real estate is the risk is you know less less, but and any investment is going to be risky. So I didn't know anything about it at the time. And I just felt like, hey, let me just shoot my shot. And I did it. And it was one of my friends. Her husband was actually a doctor. And he was, even as an, a doctor, you're still an employee. And he was working for, um, I think it was Piedmont Medical Facility. And mm-hmm. what he did was he decided that, you know, he didn't want to be an employee anymore. He said, you know, I'm overseeing five of these urgent care clinics and I'm seeing these invoices. I'm seeing these invoices and I'm like, man, <laughs> if they say no, he broke up. He woke up. He, he was broke. He's looking at his check. Come on, let's slow it down. He's looking at his check. He's looking at these invoices. Okay. Let's break it down even more. He's looking at these white folks running around here. Okay. Okay. Making all this good money. Okay. He said, oh, oh, they making this. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. They making this. And wait a minute, and I'm making this. Right. So, so he started, you know, started scratching his head and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he decided that he wanted to do his own urgent care, and he was looking for investors. And his wife was a friend of mine, and she, you know, brought the opportunity to me. She said, you know, would you be willing to invest? 
um, I did my research and I just went ahead and just, you know, took the risk. And, I did. and some of it's on faith too, you know, because you can do all the research you want, but some of it, you know, you like I said, you, you have to, you you know, gotta come on. You, yeah. have, you have to sit down and go two plus two is four. Now when I'm talking about, this is uh, when you say, uh, let's, let's talk about get well, urgent care. First of all, it's medical and we all know, okay, people going to die. People going to get sick. Okay. That's, that's the fact of life. Okay. Now, that's the fact of life. and so with that, in, with, so the investment part of it, possibility is like, okay, where are they putting it at? That's all you have to worry about. Who's running it right. and where are they going to put it at? Because I've seen these right. urgent cares and they, and they always got cars parked out in front of them. Okay. And that means that right. people need that service. And so, so from a standpoint of your research, you, like you said, you're riding on the statement that I just said, people are going to die and people are going to get sick. Okay, so yeah. with that being said, how do you participate? Are you do you go by your facility? You're an investor. Do you check on it? Do you have so board really meetings? Just, or what? Really how do you just, do? I sit on the board, mm-hmm. and I'm really just a silent investor. Yes, ma'am. So mm-hmm. of course, I get you know quarterly checks mm-hmm. based off of my percentage of equity in the company. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being and said. Or, or, or does do we see more franchises that you'll be associated with, or are you saying, Rashawn, we're going to see how this plays out for the next one or actually, two years? Actually, actually, um, I'm probably not going to do any more business with him. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I love you. See, see, that, right there, right there, there, right there. See, did I tell you I, I like Miss right Howard? Did I tell you she's one of my top I, people now? Because see, I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. You cannot win being fake. You can win Listen, short term. I'm that right there. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm leave that there. Right. But what I am working on mm-hmm. is franchising my million dollar business, Credit Medics. Cool. Cool. That's what cool. I'm doing. Cool. I'm well, in the process of doing that right now, trying to um, create a software yes, to make it very, very, very um, manageable and um, very easy to navigate through and all of that kind of stuff. So that's the only piece that's missing to credit medics. And then I will franchise my business. Well, my friend, I want to let you know, uh, well, I got a newsletter that goes out to my fans, 90 some thousand, 90 plus thousand fans every two weeks. I want to put your awesome. credit medics in there. Cause like I said, you move to the top of the food chain with me. Cause you keep it real. Keep it oh, real. thank you. Because see, cause see the thing, the reason, the reason I say that is that we have a lot of relatable values. I come from the inner city and, and I realized that, you know, when I was exposed to information outside of the inner city, I am the person I am today. So I'm always a proponent. And also, I give back. I give back in so many different ways. And like I said, money making conversations is one of the format. But I work with HBCU platforms, information exposure at such a high level. And so all I know is that you have a friend in Rashawn McDonald. I'm so glad we was able to pull off this interview. And more importantly, importantly you. your, your, your nonprofit organization is beautiful. I'm going to promote that. You look fantastic on social media. With your, you all black on with the crown on, putting it tilting it to the left, <laughs> you know, doing your thing. And uh, I, thank you. I, you know, so how can we reach out to you? Tell us, uh, Miss Ronisha. So, so you can actually go to my website if, and you will see we have like, oh my God, so many different services available from first time home ownership to building business credit. Um, business consulting, if you're a business owner already. I feel like in our community, and I just moved into a bigger, phenomenal location. My office is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there's enough space for me to actually have, it's like a conference area, a seminar, if we can have seminars. Right. So I'm going to be offering monthly free workshops to existing 
business owners, black small business owners, because I feel like that's a piece that's missing. You can be really skilled at whatever it is that you do and talented, but if you don't know the business side of it, your business will suffer. So we're going to be offering free classes to small black business owners. So you can go to Credit Medics, and that's C-R-E-D-I-T-M-E-D-I-C-S-1-0-1, creditmedics101.com for all of our services. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Credit Medics 101. And you can find me on Instagram. My personal page is at Maserati Niche. And that's M-A-S-E-R-A-T-I-N-E-E-S-H. And I thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. Um, peace and blessings to everyone listening. I'm loving on y'all. Okay, I'm loving on you too. Thank you for coming on the show. She's amazing. She's at the top of the food chain with money making conversations. So we're gonna be hearing from her again, <laughs> and especially when you uh when you when you get that software that software done right and be able to franchise it, bring it to Rashawn McDonald so I can sell it to my people first and put the word out about it because I believe in you because you're a real talker and you don't try to sell false hopes. And that's important in the today in pandemic when we're being overtly affected by the virus, being overtly affected by the financial crisis that is creating in our household. We need information to overcome those obstacles. And my friend, Miss Howerton, she provides it. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.